This is the Immigration Conversation presented by Fragman, a series of talks and discussions by leading immigration lawyers and professionals from around the world. We'll bring you the most up-to-date business immigration news, issues of concern, and strategies in the world of global immigration and mobility. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another Fragment podcast. Today, we're going to discuss some of the key differences between business visas and work permits and the way they're used across Africa, in particular reference to the oil and gas sector. To tackle the subject, I have with me today Caroline Kenzara and Nampumulelo Ndlechi, both from the Fragment Africa office. Hi, Caroline. Hi, Nampi. Hi, Jared. Afternoon, Jared. Thank you so much for, for joining today. Um, I think it's a, it's a really interesting subject that we're going to look at. Um, when we look at the way business visas and work permits are used across the world, um, you know, it's, it's something that's, that's always a little bit difficult to, to kind of uh, talk about. And I think Africa is, is really no different when it comes to that kind of thing. So, so maybe we can start off just by, by understanding the differences between the two. And, and Caroline, maybe I can ask you just to give us an introduction. You know, what are the differences between a business visa and a work permit? Uh, thank you, Jared. So the differences are, are quite clear in the sense that, I mean, if I'm putting it simply, one allows you to work, one doesn't allow you to work. So a business visa does not allow you to work. Um, a, a, and, the, and then a short-term work permit allows you to work. So when you're looking at a business visa, it allows for activities such as attending meetings, um, contract negotiations, um, um, and so on and so on, but really doesn't allow you to work. You're not allowed to have a work uh, contract. You're also not allowed um, to receive remuneration on a business visa. Whereas if you're on a work permit, then you can, you know, you have more scope in terms of the activities you can conduct but having said that um jay there are some countries that will allow you to work on a short-term basis uh, on a business visa but in general most of the countries that uh, that that we handle particularly in the oil and gas sector they would not allow you to work on a business visa um if you're to conduct work um short-term work that is up to 90 days you would need to have um, a valid work permit to be able to do that I think I'm going to pause here for now. Thanks, Caroline. So, so I mean, we can see the the main differences are that one that one's really allow allowing people to to work, and the other one, maybe not so much. But if I'm a if I'm a client, and and Nompi, I'll direct this to you. If I'm a client, and and I understand the way that a business visa is usually a little bit easier to to apply for, it requires less documents, uh, maybe sometimes a little bit cheaper. If there's no kind of um, if there's no list of, of allowable activities, for example, or, or it's not clear what the activities are, how do we how do we then determine when to use the business visa and when not to? Uh, if I'm a client, I'm going to say, well, I really want to come on the business visa. It's going to be easier. Why why do I need a work permit? What you know? Why, why would I knock on on the visa? Thank you very much, Jared, for the question. I think you've really raised a very important question here, which we often see in practice, where clients always have to decide between the quick route and the compliant route. So more than anything else, we always say to clients, always opt for the compliant route, which is you securing work authorization if you are going to conduct work. So I think it's very clear, like from what Caroline has also mentioned, that when you're bringing in a foreign national, they're either coming in for business meetings, which are typically 
not within an office environment, or they would then be going either offshore, if we're looking at oil and gas companies, or going to um, workshops where they actually do hands-on work. That is typically part of the work activities on a, on a daily basis. So that distinction already gives you an idea that one, this person is either coming in for business purposes, or two, this person is actually coming in to do work activities. And from that basis, we then sort of base our responses to clients and say, definitely opt for a compliant route because you do not want to find yourselves in a situation where you're saying, we'd rather have a quick option of bringing in a person on a business visa, whereas there's actually um, more penalties and risks involved in bringing in a person without the right paperwork and not securing work authorization for them if they're coming into work. Okay, so, so then what happens in a, in a scenario where, let's say, the person says they're coming in for, for business meetings, just for example, and a lot of the time a business meeting will be covered under a business visa. So, so what happens if that person's job, let's say they're an HR representative, um, and, and their main, main work, or some of their main work is to go in and have business meetings, does, then, does that then fall under a business visa or work permit? How do we differentiate between you know, what a person's job is or their position and what they're going in to do? What happens in that scenario? And so, I, you know, Jared, it's quite um, a complex matter in the sense that we don't usually receive a comprehensive list of activities, right? Um, that qualify as business visa activities or work permit activities. However, we do have guidelines that we follow, right? So if I'm to take your example um, of the HR manager, for instance, what is the normal course um, of, of their duties as an HR person, right? So when they go into this country, which activities are they um, conducting? Are they within the normal course of work that they do as an HR person? If they are, then automatically that person has to apply for a, for a work permit unless they're going into a country that allows them um, short-term uh, work activities with a business visa. The challenge we have is that sometimes clients are not honest with us because they want to take the easier route, as Nompi was saying, um, in terms of um, obtaining a business visa, which obviously gives them um, longer validity. And sometimes in some countries like Nigeria, the business visa enjoys multiple entries, whereas the short-term work permit does not have multiple entries. So in those instances now, that's where we, are, where we, we, we run into issues when we don't um, have the complete picture of what the person is going to do because people can always choose um, to underrepresent right the activities that the person is going to conduct when when they're in the country but also some of the tests that we put together when we receive a request and we're trying to decide between a business visa and a short-term work permit is to ask what is the duration of the visit right that's very important because if you're looking at someone who's coming for meetings it's rare that that person will come for meetings for a full 90 days. Because if someone is coming for meetings for a full 90 days, then chances are that they're also going to work, right? And those are some of the things that the authorities look at as a guideline. Where we've seen audits happening, authorities look at that duration. Number two is frequency. How often is this person coming in and out of this country? Because you'd find that companies would do anything uh, they can in order to avoid a scenario where they have to obtain a work permit because for some of these short-term work permits, even the requirements are just as rigorous as a person who's obtaining uh, a long-term work permit. So they would rather avoid that. So you'd find that someone comes in on a, on a business visa for, for 90 days, works for 90 days, goes out, 
stays for like a week out or two weeks out, comes back again. And they're doing this throughout the course of the year, right? So those are some of the indications as well that someone is coming to work um, when, you know, and, and they should actually be on a work permit instead of a business visa. So frequency is very important. We need to look at the frequency. How often is this person traveling in and out of the country on this visa? Is it more likely to flag um, a compliance issue with the authorities? And the other thing that we also look at is in terms of, um, is there a contract in place? Because sometimes a person would actually have a contract in place, but they're coming in on a business visa just because it's the easier option, you know. And sometimes it's really because our clients really don't know any better, right? When they do some of these things, they are ill-advised, which is why it's always important for them to seek guidance, um, you know, from professionals in terms of what is allowed and what is not, so that they don't run into issues uh, with the authorities. Yeah, so, so you make some some really interesting points there around you know the the difference of, of when you need a business visa and, and also depending on the on the type of work that you're coming in to do, even though it may be uh, business meetings or or maybe you're going for for something that that just seems kind of small on the on the side that isn't maybe even part of your main duties, but because it's it's something you may get paid for, then it ends up actually being being work, and then a business visa wouldn't suffice. But then you're also talking a, a little bit, and and Nompi also referred to kind of the compliance issues that may come come across because you're in on the wrong on the wrong visa type or the wrong permit type. So so maybe Nompi, maybe you can elaborate a little bit around some of the the compliance issues, but also what are the what are the risks? So do those risks, um, if there are any, which I assume there are. Are those risks only for the for the employer, or, or will the signee also be under risk? What what kind of risks or or punishments could we could we see for people being in on the wrong on the wrong visa type? So definitely, there are risks that are involved with sort of not being compliant. Um, it's quite interesting to note that with the with the authorities, just in general. A lot of organizations are always under the misconception that the authorities do not necessarily pay attention to what they do within the specific organizations or they do not really have an idea of how many people they're bringing in within um, a particular jurisdiction. So I think just a typical example of, for example, the authorities having shown that they are quite involved and they are quite rigorous in their approaches is where you look at most of our oil and gas countries. So in a country like your Mozambique, your Angola and even um, with your Nigeria, you've got a lot of regulatory authorities that are involved within those industries. And they're not just there to make it look good on paper, but they really take their roles quite seriously because these are industries that are highly regulated in nature. And the authorities also want to make sure that companies are actually complying with what is required of them. So the um, implications of really not being compliant do not really fall only on the individual that has now gone and opted for a business visa as opposed to a work authorization. But the responsibility is also um, on the business to sort of make sure that they bring in the employees with the right paperwork, the right sort of work permit authorizations and approvals. And so the authorities take an approach of either sometimes we've seen people getting arrested or being detained for um, non-compliance and we've also seen instances where fines and penalties are then Im imposed on businesses because they have not followed what is required from them by the authorities. So definitely not a look of um, we would just sort of up apply like a punitive sort of response to only the business but it's also both the business and the employee that then sit at a place of being at risk for not being compliant. Just to add okay. one more, yeah. 
just to add on jared and nompi what i've also seen is that they, they don't easily forget as well um when when people are um, when companies are and are, are not paying attention to the rules and regulations we've seen instances where you know a company is fined and then three years later something else happens and the, the authorities are even asking it's you again you know and the moment they do that you know that no matter what negotiations we may have with them um for them to be lenient they, they are not going to be as understanding because they can see that you're a repeat offender but apart from that with some of the countries like nigeria um their law actually is very prescriptive on what happens if there's non-compliance on the on, on the part of the employer as well as the employee you know so they are quite prescriptive in terms of the fines uh if you're getting arrested they're very prescriptive pre prescriptive as well in terms of what happens to you uh, in instances where you're caught on the wrong end um, of the law and i've seen in some countries like angola where they will even come back and say this person we don't want them to come back in angola um you know we don't want we will not give them a visa again we don't want them to come back and also the company that just gets generally blacklisted um for 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 not being compliant and they may find it very difficult to get uh, permits for 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 their staff apart from getting permits any other regulatory um associations or interactions that they do they they will find that they're quite difficult uh to do because already they've been flagged for non-compliance so everywhere they go it triggers audits um and it triggers additional questions that other companies do not have to answer and you know processes that other companies do not have to go through just because of um, um non-compliance in the use of um uh, uh, business visas and um and work permits yeah th thanks caroline and Lumpy. I, I think you know we we can see a lot of um input here in terms of what what kind of risks um the, the employers are, which is obviously a, a problem going forward with future applications and, and you know, making sure that you can get the, the work permits out in the country, but also on the, the assignees who will be under a lot of stress if they were to be detained or, or fined or anything like that. And they're not sure really why, because, you know, they, they've just been advised by the, the company what to do. So there's a lot of a lot of points at play there, uh, and I think we've we've also probably seen that uh, that the, the oil and gas industry is is moderated even even more so than than other industries because of the amount of movement there and the and the type of work. So probably something just to just to keep in mind. And and with that, just with, just with saying that, and I think before we end off, maybe I could ask you each. Uh, I'll start with you, Caroline, and then and then you, Nompi. Maybe just one final point of of advice to clients and and kind of you know where where do we help. With, with this kind of thing from a Fragoman side. Uh, Caroline, start with you. Thanks, Jay. So from a Fragoman side, we would definitely be in a position where we can point you in the right direction uh, in terms of which route to follow. Is it a business visa? Um, is it a work permit? So it's worth really engaging uh, with professionals who know um, the immigration law in the country that you're going into. And also just to say that it's not as um, simple as I've gone in on a business visa and I'm working or, you know, I'm trying to, it's, it's taking me longer to get the work permit, so I'm just gonna use a business visa. There are a whole lot of issues at stake, you know, at, at a policy level, and it's important to always engage. And then we can tell you what exactly is happening, you know, because you can see that a lot of countries are pushing localization. So the more you continue flouting um, regulations and coming in on a business visa, the more you frustrate 
the process of, of, of transfer of skills that they are trying to do um, in quite a number of um, countries, particularly in the oil and gas sector. As Nompi said, it's a, it's a heavily regulated sector. And as a result, it's of national interest, right? So any violations in that sector, uh, you most likely not get away with it. You know, we're not saying get away with um, violations in other sector, but more so in the oil and gas sector because it's a heavily regulated sector. So, you know, reach out to us, talk to us, and we'll be able to point you in the right direction um, on what works and what doesn't work. We can also give you the regulatory framework, give you the a sense of what currently, you know, the current state of affairs um, in, in whatever country you want to go into. Thank you, Jay. Thanks, Caroline. Uh, Nompi, one sentence of advice from your side? I think just probably noting from what Caroline has shared and what you've also mentioned earlier on within our conversation, definitely seek for additional assistance. Always rather have a professional look through your files. And even if it's going back to old records and just trying to see where you went wrong with your authorities. And I, I think also just very, very important is always be honest with the with the people that assist you with your either work authorizations or with your employees. Because I think what we've seen as well in practice is that a lot of clients do not necessarily share the, the honest reality of what they're facing. And as a result, even if we do provide advice or um, sort of try and point them in the right direction, that information is relatively not practical because we do not have the, full, the whole full picture. So that's all I'd, I'd add on my end. Great, thank you very much. And just to, to end the podcast, we'd like to thank everyone for, for listening in. Uh, we hope that it's been beneficial and we, we really appreciate you joining us today. And thank you again to Nompi and Caroline for, for all the insights you provided. Thanks, everyone. The Immigration Conversation Podcast is presented by Fragment, the leading firm dedicated exclusively to immigration services worldwide. This episode is current as of the date of recording. With frequent changes in global immigration, be sure to keep up to date by visiting our website at www.fragaman.com and subscribing to the Immigration Conversation on your favorite podcast service to hear the latest episode. This podcast is for informational purposes only. This podcast does not constitute legal advice or give rise to an attorney-client relationship between any listener and our firm. If you have any questions, please contact the Global Immigration Professional with whom you work at Fragamin.